0: I was going to tell you a story about, um, a guy whose mother-in-law moves in to uh, his house and he's totally distraught, right? He's saying to, he can't say anything to his wife, but he's like, this place just suddenly got a whole lot smaller. So he, he went to, um, one of the village gurus and said, you know, my mother-in-law just moved in and i feeling super constricted I don't know what to do and the the guy said do you have any do you have any chickens and he said I do and he said I want you to go and get all of the chickens and, and bring them into the house He said okay so he brought all the chickens in the house and, and he went back to the guru the next day and he said what what kind of advice is this that you've given me Mike now I have less space there's chickens all over the place and my mother in laws here and I'm going crazy and he says do you have any cows i have two cows and he said you get those cows and you bring them into the house so he brought them into the house and same thing again goes back to the guru and goes you know let's now i have two cows and it smells and i've got chickens i can't even hear myself think and my mother-in-law is still there and she's complaining about all the animals and he said do you do you have any goats and he said i have three goats he said bring them all in you know get your goats get your chickens get your cows get them all in the house and he did And he goes back again he said look this is not working this is just getting worse and worse and worse and he said go home and i'll tell you what i want you to do is i want you to take all the chickens and all the goats and all the cows and i want you to send them out of the house he sends them out of the house and he goes back to the guru the next day and he says you solved all my problems my place is huge it just feels amazing again thank you you know and just going through this recent move it just it feels like I bring all these boxes and all this chaos and all this life in. And this, this beautiful, larger place that I moved into suddenly felt smaller until uh, I, I kicked out all the goats. I was going to say,
1: you know, you did you have some goats? Oh, man, we had some goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Uh, but i'm settled are you settled settled very i would say congratulations to both of you uh move is a big deal so glad you're enjoying the new place where we are settled as well i think we are yeah very much enjoying just enjoying the space now very much
0: i appreciate that why do we congratulate people for things like when people buy a new car you know you say congratulations but then it's like well I just didn't accomplish anything.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. A it's a good question. I, I Should, With housing in Canada, maybe it is an accomplishment. It's hard to find.
0: Right. <laughs> I feel like a little bit, like when someone says, hey, we just bought a new house. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jeez. Like,
0: I know I know what you're about to go through. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: How is that in the next 30 years looking for you? That's, uh, that's right. uh, a tough one
0: are you are you affected by this uh fluctuating uh, interest rate stuff going on no. right
1: now? so Ooh. I mean yes and no, yes, in the sense that we bought at the end of last year, so it was a higher rate than you know we would have if we bought like a couple of years ago or whatever, but the the rates that have increased since no I mean we have a we have a fixed, so we are not okay affected, and that was part of the game plan, I guess. Getting a, a mortgage is a little bit of a gamble, right? I've, I've learned you just kind of try and, well, what's it going to be in two years and three years? And the answer is nobody knows. So you just kind right. of make a decision and uh, you hope. Uh, but no, we're, we're, we're good. And after three years, the the plan or the hope is that it's going to be lower, coming back down again. Who knows? But no, we luckily, knock on wood, we're, we're not affected.
0: I know a total of nothing about home ownership and buying a home but isn't there a thing where after you know you can always go to the bank after four or five years and you know reevaluate your your agreement or your mortgage i think isn't there a thing where you can do that
1: there's i know maybe one percent more than you i don't know too much Uh, (laughs) there's always a thing the bank will always give you more money for uh lots of interest so i'm sure they'd be happy to have that conversation but basically uh i learned this is different than the states from what i know about the states you get a a rate or you have an option to have a rate for the entire amortization period of of your your mortgage. So 25 years, 30 years, whatever it is. And the rate is, pick a number, 3%, 4%, 5% for the entire 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that's how it works. Or that's an option. Canada, we don't have that. So you have the amortization of 30 years or 25 or 20 or whatever it is that you choose. But your rates get renewed every term. And they usually can be one year, they can be three years, they can be five Um, and after those intervals technically so for example we have a three-year term so technically the entire mortgage we're supposed to pay it back to them after three years okay but nobody does that like that's impossible with how everything works now so at that time you know it's all just whatever it is but they say okay well you didn't pay it all back no worries (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's renegotiate. (laughs) We'll make a new deal, quote unquote. Um, But basically you just renegotiate for another three years or five years at the rate that exists at that time. And then you go along until it's all paid off, you know, 25 or 30 years later.
0: Um, It's confounding to me. I I think uh, I just probably, I don't know at 48 if I'm ever going to be a homeowner. Like, I think I'd like to, but the the issue has always been for me, I I don't, I, I like, I'm going through this sort of, again, um, existential living crisis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I'm feeling like, you know, as, as you know, we just spent a week out in Vancouver mm-hmm. and it was quite nice. And I think to myself, gosh, it wouldn't it be nice to live somewhere like that for three, four five months of the year you know, I've always kind of dug that. I, I don't love just being somewhere all the time, like 12 months of the year. And I'm not one of those, oh, I'll just go on vacation for two weeks. And that's going to kind of shake my sillies out. I need to really like settle in. Like that was the thing, like when we were just there, I felt like I don't have a chance to just put my feet down, take my shoes off and hang out here for a while. Right. So buying a house feels, maybe this is just, uh, you know, m- m- me having a feeling, but it feels like oh I'm not gonna be able to do anything like that.
1: Have you uh, have you seen that Netflix show how to how to be rich or how to get rich or whatever it's called with with that guy Ramit? Have you seen that?
0: I've seen a preview for that, but I haven't seen it.
1: I we watched it and I I actually enjoyed. It. I, I clicked on it as clickbait the first episode, thinking okay here we go. But you know what? Right. I enjoyed it. Really. And he's causing a stink on Twitter his shtick and he's a business guy right but yeah his shtick is no, i shouldn't say stick because that's insulting i i like his i like his philosophy and he's like you have to design your rich life mm-hmm. which is a clickbait title but what it is is don't do the things that people think you have to do to quote unquote be rich like don't buy a house if just because yeah. you think people think you should do that and he's causing a storm on twitter by by putting out there the argument that actually renting can be a better option and everyone is just you can't say that to people people like society people oh my god no the dream is to buy a house it's to own a house it's to own property it's to own everyone who owns a house has an interest in people doing that because then that's how their value of their property increases if people don't buy houses then what they own is worth nothing so where's your wealth (laughs) he's causing Mm -hmm. a big stink and he's basically his point is very common sense it's like it can be good for someone and it can also be not good for someone else, but it's not an apples to oranges. It's not like rent or buy it's if renting affords you the life to invest and to save for retirement and to travel and to go into the S and P 500 that can have a greater return than property where you live, then you should probably consider that. And if you can own a house and still do that, then that's great. But the show is all about helping people budget at a very basic level and get out of debt and to really you know what do you want out of life and for most people it seems it's not wait until you're 70 and then enjoy it so sure no there's no question yeah so what does that look like and for you it sounds like that you've just described one aspect of your rich life
0: i think so too i i've always you know my therapist seven eight years ago she said when i was in therapy i'm not still in therapy seven years later god forbid um i have a new therapist I just switch therapists. <laughs> uh, she said, well, you've always skipped the line. And, and that's, I think that's true. I've always found an unconventional way to find wherever my kind of happy zone is. And home ownership's been no exception. I remember... Early on in my career, we were doing, um, we were managing the Hartman Media Network and we were doing podcast production for Jason Hartman, who's like a real estate kind of guru, but he's sort of an out-of-the-box thinker. And uh, one thing that always stuck with me was that your home is an expense. Stop treating your first house like it's an investment. Mm -hmm. No different, that's like saying, I just bought a car, what a great investment. You know, this thing is gonna make me money. It's not it's going to cost you money. Because that's where you live. Your second home might be an investment if you are renting it, or if you have enough money. But one of the things that he said that I liked as well, he said, you know, there's the argument, don't, you know, you it's renting's better than owning because you could put that money into the stock market or something. It's like, okay, that makes sense. If you have additional money to put into the stock market as okay. opposed to buying your first home. So, you know, there's, there's no right way to do it. Like if I walked into, you know, TD Canada Trust and sat down with a, an advisor to say, what do you think at 48 years old with this income level I should do? They have a binder, you know, that they're going to open up and they go, this is what the actuary tables say that your risk level is, and this is what our advisors would say you should do and uh, do that and buy our product and buy a bank through us or buy a house through us and you'll be fine.
1: Like what's the goal, right? Right. Like, what should people do? Like, well, what are you trying to do? Like, what does a house buying a property afford you or not afford you? What does renting afford you? What's the ultimate? The goal isn't to buy a house or to rent a place. The goal would be the result of that, right? Like, what kind of life do you want? What kind of income do you have versus, like, how much time off? How much this? And for everyone, it's different. So I think he just really encourages people to run the numbers and, like, visualize what do you want for yourself. And buying a house is... You know me, I've forever I said I'm never gonna buy a house, never gonna buy it. only because the Canadian market is insane and has been until, you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago and we came up on a situation that we were fortunate enough to to do something. But mm-hmm. I mean, just I have a, a friend who lives in the suburbs of the GTA in Toronto and he's like they've been thinking about moving, their family's expanding, but he's like, It would cost us a hundred thousand dollars just to move. Forget the buying of the new house and the selling but you have the land transfer taxes and the closing costs and this and that The it's like well that's silly yeah. so buying a place you have to my dad said this and i, I like he's like "Your where you live is your home and if you're buying it or renting it you have to like living there and right. the finances of buying something is you basically have to live there for like 10 years if you're hopping around and selling it and moving you're just you're losing money basically and there yeah. are exceptions and etc cetera, etc cetera, but like you said, buy something because you like, and you can foresee yourself living there. And if you don't, probably you, you shouldn't.
0: It all, it all. I mean, this is talking about some universal truth, right? Where what we're doing is trying to enjoy what we're doing, <laughs> as opposed to doing <laughs> everything in anticipation of a thing that's coming down the line. And for me, like I, you know, I think about sometimes productivity and how much I like what people call productivity porn like mm. the I love the apps and the books and the pens and the methods and the thinking like I like thinking about being productive and I like getting all the accoutrement that goes around productivity mm-hmm. but then when it's like you know you got to sit down and actually do stuff and it's like oh <laughs> you know <laughs> and I sometimes it feels a little bit like that in life that you're so busy trying to arrange your nest and get everything the way that you someday would like it to be that you forget that this is it you're you're actually in the middle of it today you yep. know and as you're about to go through the what you know is still called and probably not accurately a midlife crisis there's an existential point where you realize that you're kind of at the theoretical midway or beyond which is frankly where we are most of us i think we yep. I'm, i yep. just finished a great book called strength the strength where. <laughs> a lot of people overestimate how long they're going to live. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm sitting there at that point going, Whoa, 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 Whoa. If, if I'm lucky enough to get another 35 out of this one, um, you know, what am I doing? Does it matter that in, at the end of 35 years, I can make my last mortgage payment (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) and then just hop into a hole in the ground and call it quits? Sure.
1: Right. I had a, a friend, a family friend who's since passed away, but he, he would always joke like, uh, i can't afford to die <laughs> right because you didn't have enough well i don't know if it was true but money like you'll know, have how, how expensive funerals are and processes and things it's like i don't have i don't have enough money to die i can't afford to die which i always thought was a funny thing but it's you know you don't take it with you and and time is not the only thing that we don't get back i mean that's cliche sure. but you know what are you doing so i think this ramika he has this thing called a conscious spending plan which i think a lot of people and i myself included i have my spreadsheets and my budget and when we were looking into buying this we made our notion pages and this is how much we earn and this is all the expenses and and so many people in in budgeting what you described with you know uh, productivity porn i guess other way to describe that is like productive procrastination where you just read about (laughs) doing something and you don't actually you know do it do anything um but he's like, like you have to... watch
0: watching exercise videos all night.
1: And budgeting. Exactly. Budgeting, I think, is one where people make these spreadsheets. Like this and this and this and this. And they just feel so stressed and guilty about spending money on anything where right. you need a line in your budget that is guilt-free, right? Yeah. And whatever yeah. life you want to live with, owning, renting, or living in the woods or whatever, you know? where you can go out and you spend this amount of money on anything you want every single month and you don't have to think about it and you just know what that number is. And when you get to that number, you're done. You stop.
0: But that true disposable line item.
1: Exactly. So Mm -hmm. the joke about avocado toast and whatever, but Hey, if that makes you happy. And it's within that guilt, guilt guilt-free spending line. And you don't go over it because you have allocated all these other things for these other things that are investing and it's important to you. That's, I've been doing that for a while, but it this makes a lot of sense to me where you don't have to think about, oh my god, Starbucks is six dollars. Yeah, well, if I have fifteen hundred dollars this month to spend on anything and I can make the choice that okay, well, I want Starbucks today and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense.
0: Yep. I I've uh I, I go I was thinking about um recently I guess this is I'm on this people we've produced trip, but I was, I was, I found that Rick Rubin, whose book I finished, uh, I really liked, uh, has his own podcast where he's interviewing like Will Smith and, you know, Paul McCartney or whatever, nice. you know, and it's a really good show. And Andrew Henderson was on there, the Nomad Capitalist. That brings up. one of his guests. I'm like, what? How did you get sandwiched into all these folks? <laughs> and, uh, Andrew, so I just, I just reached out to him and I said, you know, congrats. Uh, I really like Rick Rubin. He said, yeah, he's a cool dude. But what He always said that I always liked was, you know, go where you're treated best. I really liked this idea that there's a place in the world that you will be treated well for who you are, what you've accomplished and what you want to do. That maybe, and this is another thing, I think we get locked into this sort of Canadian, like, you know, bordered mindset where, Mm -hmm. you know, this is it. Like we got to make it work within this box that we call Canada. And maybe that's not necessarily the case. So, you know, even within this country, like we, like, again, we just went to Vancouver for like a week and we felt like, yeah, it's very Canada. Like it's Uber Canada. It's, it's kind of the best Canada's got going in in a lot of ways, (laughs) but it's still very much Canada, you know, and sometimes maybe the fit that you're looking for isn't just within how can I make this work within the, the guardrails that the Canadian economy and system and philosophy has set up. Because there's other kind of ways of living out there in the world that uh, he reminded me of just seeing that. It's like, gosh, maybe it's Portugal or something. Maybe it's not here.
1: And I think, just to put a bow on the home ownership thing, like it's not, if if you're listening, and hi, mom, that's the only person who listens. <laughs> if, you, if, if the decision is you buy a property and then you can't do all of those things that you just mentioned, like don't do it. Like, that would be yeah. my my unsolicited advice. Like, house poor is a real thing. We're fortunate that we're not. We went to Vancouver as well, about you know, in June, a couple of weeks before before you guys did. Weird. And it was really weird, because we'd never been, and I don't, I don't know if you've been before, but it was just... We'd never <laughs> been either, no. No, first times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Porter flies there now, so we're like, all right. And it was just this a life that affords us. You know, I did a little bit of work from the hotel Friday morning. We went on Thursday night. Maya has a few more vacation days to use up, and we took a long weekend. Went Thursday night, came back Monday night. I did some work from the hotel, you know, super early because time change. Holy cow! Uh, Friday morning, but I was done. Pacific time has something going for it. I don't know, but by nine a.m. I I was done for the day, Pacific time, and I was like, "All right, well, let's." There is something, something there, and then just fly back Monday night, get back and do the. I mean, that's makes us happy and that's what we're doing little trips like that and i have a 10 and 10 to tell you about but that i was your how was your how was your vancouver trip because that's that was ours and it was it was amazing and owning a house doesn't get in the way of us doing that which was really important to us before we did it
0: yeah that's that's huge so um we well it was half work half fun for me um so i was i do quarterly meetings with my co-founder and we were doing some consulting with someone from vancouver so someone who previously owned a production company that uh, exited in the last couple of years <clears throat> so i have started doing some consulting under him and i wanted to wrap up some of those consultations in person and he's in vancouver so i'm like that's great david come on up let's go to vancouver for like three four days and we'll, we'll do some work because we usually travel somewhere to work anywhere anyway about three four times a year right uh why not canada and uh, I said to Ati, I'm like, dude, it, I got to go to Vancouver. You want to, if you want to go and I know you got friends out there and stuff, it's kind of a tag along worky trip, but I can take some extra days at the end of it and we can chill. So we did, we we had an amazing like first couple of days of just kind of working and digging what it's like to be downtown and uh, having a jobby job and stuff mm-hmm. in Vancouver. And then thereafter, it was like, let's just do touristy stuff let's get on like whale watching boats and we drive to too. whistler and crazy. you know and it was fantastic you got to do the touristy stuff to get it out of the, get out of your system yep. right get it all out um and then she stayed for an extra couple of days to visit with friends while i came home early and in the end we, we came to one pretty clear conclusion and i think almost a declaration that we're going to go live there for maybe three or four months next year we're gonna like maybe spring, early summer in that zone. We're gonna go live there for like three, four months. Yeah. Whether it means that because we wanna live there long-term, I don't know. But the one thing we definitely felt like is we want to give this city the time and attention that it deserves. Like going in even for a week or 10 days, you just, you can't know.
1: We loved it, loved yeah. it. So people were so nice. We went mm. to this really nice restaurant it was like we think our anniversary because neither of us knows exactly what it is so it's like in the beginning of July sort of maybe we just pick a day so we got like got like Prosecco that showed up in the hotel room because the happy anniversary like well this is a thing we can use other times but anyway we went to this restaurant and the the servers were like amazing and they were like oh you're in town or visiting they were from Ontario one person was from Peterborough another person from somewhere else of course they gave us a whole they wrote out like do you have to leave no we got some time Took 20 minutes, they came back, wrote out a whole list of like things to do, yeah. local stuff, like just really, really nice, really good vibe, loved it. Not to mention the scenery. I mean, walking around with Mount in the background, like if you're from Ontario, like hello.
0: Yeah, I know. And <laughs> did you notice like one of the phenomenons that we, we picked up on immediately was that, well, folks are obviously much more fit. Um, just <sighs> like people are in good shape there. Period. i realize End why of,
1: because walking around there's a hill it's like san francisco like everything's like this and everything's
0: everything's <laughs> up or downhill there's no yeah for sure and you're constantly being pulled towards like we went to the water every day like one way or the other we went across the you know island we, everywhere like we're always like going to the water so we're, we're walking easily twelve thousand steps a day without even trying yeah on work days and the consultant we were working with said that even the the investment bankers here, it's a, it's a bag of Lululemon. And they get it, they go in at six AM, they grind till two PM and then they they change their clothes in their office and they're gone. You know, backcountry mountain kayaking, something, right? So it's just it's in, ingrained in the culture there to go outdoors mm-hmm. and move. I noticed and that. I love it. Eat eat well. <laughs> And the kindness. Like look, you know, the Quebec has a reputation, all right? And Montreal has a reputation. Toronto too. Sure. So I'm not gonna use the word rude, but you can infer. (laughs) But when you go somewhere else like Vancouver, it's it's shocking how kind and attentive and present people are.
1: We had that experience less than nine minutes after getting there. So we got there, got our bags. Took the the train into into downtown for where the hotel was, and as we were waiting, the, as we we're on the train. The train's you know five more minutes waiting till departure or whatever. And there are these two, there's this couple out on the platform, with their backpacks and stuff, and obviously tourists. And they're looking at the schedule, and they're like going back and forth, and they're obviously they're not sure if this is the right train, not the right mm. train, way over on the platform, like a good thirty feet away. This guy on the train sitting down like with his music takes his headphones off picks up his bag stands up walks across the platform and says hey where are you going and they're like oh we're gonna go here we're gonna go here and he's like oh no this is not the right train wait for the next one it's coming in 10 minutes gets back on the train sits down puts his headphones back on two minutes later startled takes his headphones back off stands back up walks back across the 30-foot platform and says you know what i was wrong Never mind. You want to get oh on this God. one. <laughs> get on here. It's leaving in 30 seconds. Get on the train. And just out of the blue and maybe that happens here and I don't see it. But it's just you're right. It's just it's different.
0: You I mean, there's the you're experiencing that as a tourist. Yeah. Right. So there's you're going to you're already bringing a sort of different vibe and attitude to the situation. But you know, the context is different. It It is, it is, it's a palpable difference in the people. One thing that we noticed immediately was how many Iranians there were. Like everywhere, there were Persians all over the place. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and my partner mentioned, it's like, well, this is a lot like Tehran. It's like with the mountains in the background, the climate is ah. the same. There's fig trees and cherry trees everywhere. And so the way the architecture is and the hills and the houses, she's like, I, I feel like I'm in Tehran. Like back in the day when Tehran was really like the bomb. Right. So she said, "I totally see why Persians would leave and and live here because it certainly reminds them of home." um But the other part that that really struck me, and I, I knew this would happen for for her, was just how much you I value nature. You know how important it is for me to be able to easily go outside and be in nature. And I'm not talking like deep woods, like I can be eaten by a bear. I'm not that guy. I But definitely, I would like to walk down a nice wooded path. I love to see water. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and, you know, if there's mountains, bonus. So it's just for me, it really felt like not necessarily like this is the place where I've always belonged, but this is like, it had that same Costa Rica effect that it's like, this is the kind of place where I would dig living for a while, like hanging out here. Yeah.
1: If you don't look at the rent prices, you might, you'll you'll love it. It's great on paper until you look at the paper. (laughs) Uh, Same. I mean, stereotypical tourist stuff, you got to do it. But first day, rented some bikes, Stanley Park, you know, just biking around, put your feet in the water. This way, that way, this path, that I mean it's it's huge. It's it's really, really, really nice. And talking about like that just that lifestyle that you want, like we're heading up to the cottage, you know, to the lake next week, going on, on Wednesday and coming back on Sunday and just spending extra days there. You can do some work there or not, you know, just have the option and I I yeah. Not being in what I don't know what you did bordered in one location for me, for us is really important. Just being able to kind of do work or not in different places and yeah. have different environments. Just, there's nature in Toronto, of course, but not like that. So being able to get out and, and go different places, even just for a few days and, you know, or for a couple of weeks, once a year, twice a year, it's, that's important to us. And it's, it's really cool when, when you do it.
0: We built a, a remote first company with that in mind. So that for, you know, 10 years, that's been my career is ensuring that we're able to do our best work from where we do our best work or where we are even our best selves, not to sound too woo-woo, but it's, that's the idea is that, um, you know, my entire lo- business fits in this nice little backpack and I really, really like that. I, I also do like having a place, you know, to set my books down. I do like having a place that I open the door and it feels like home. So, you know, I, I now today I look at things a a little differently than maybe I did 10 years ago, but one thing is for sure, we're realizing how much it matters to us to be able to, within 20 minutes, be struck by how beautiful nature can be. We, we went to, we did the drive up to Whistler because it's like, you gotta drive to Whistler. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. So it's an hour and a half and it's a pretty drive, of course um so we rented a car but what we found is that we did all the little stops you know all the little lakes and all the little waterfalls and all the all the touristy stops on the way on that highway knowing that they're not the they're not the deep local wow crazy stuff but still holy cow beautiful by the time we got to whistler we had a dinner reservation and we couldn't wait we actually went into the restaurant to see if we could sit down earlier, have some oysters and get out of Whistler and get back on the road mm-hmm. because it was like, you know, it was a, it's a resort town and there's shopping and everything, but sure. we were just like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any of this. Like, I want to go back to those mountains. I want to see those snow caps. I want to find another waterfall. I want to go back to that lake and get my toes in there. Yeah. So we just, we had dinner and we hightailed it back on the highway. To just get back out into nature, and that was really telling. And that's the kind of people I think that we ultimately ast- we strive to be are the folks that would rather be out doing things in nature than uh, shopping around looking for the the perfect cargo pants.
1: Not going to the first Lululemon store. That was that's in Vancouver. Right. Yeah. We didn't flagship. That whatever. <laughs> I don't like
0: Lululemon though. I got I got a problem with Lululemon. Oh. I'm a Vauri guy. <laughs> I've got my yoga preferences. Okay. I don't do yoga, but I've got my preferences. Right.
1: Active wear for the non yoga goers, I guess.
0: Amen. What does the, the rest of your summer look like now? We're, oh. we're at the mid mid summer, midlife in summer. Yep.
1: Um, lake mix of lake in here. Um, yep. maybe a, a trip up a little road trip kind of thing. But really just take, making decisions, just like take it easy. I really made a concerted effort. We have a, a yard now, like a little back, little back space. I go out there in the morning, do some reading, or in the afternoon. So just hanging out, enjoying the weather, some, some lake weekends, extended weekends, uh, maybe a road trip in August, haven't decided yet. What about you?
0: I, well, I, I'm going through the Canadian summer anxiety. Yes. Right, that it's like, uh-oh. And you know when you start, even it was August, like just May curling. and we were we were counting weekends in May. We're like, oh, how many? It's like, and I I miss that's one of the things I miss living in the tropics is you don't give a flying f what time of year it is. Yep. It's raining or it's not. The end. <laughs> right. So there's no like, oh, there's only so many weekends. Summer left. The <laughs> Canadian thing is so weird,
1: right? Like everyone in the winter is like, oh, like when the spring summer comes, we'll definitely do X Y Z, and then when it does come. Immediately, everyone says, oh, I'm booked through September. <laughs> yep.
0: And then you feel this sense of guilt because you're not doing enough. And I don't know, there's something around it. So I, it struck a chord when you said, I'm, I'm making a concerted effort to just enjoy myself. Because, you know, like I'm trying to, I'm strategically placing books and reading glasses around. So it, it encouraged me to just stop whatever I'm doing and just sit down and pick up that book and, and read a little bit yep. uh, or go just go, go outside. That's what, that's what I'm doing today. What are you doing today? I'm going outside. That's it. But it's so hard because you feel like like we bought a boat.
1: Did <laughs> oh you? God. Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. Congratulations. Like <laughs> yeah, <you know, laughs> thank you.
0: Right? We did it. <laughs> not like a big boat. Not like a boat with a motor and a big, you know, a, we got a, a slip and all that crap. No, we bought a dinghy. <laughs> like an inflatable six-person Dingy.
1: I can hear the uh, the boat people being angry that's not a boat that's not a boat
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> a watercraft all right yeah uh you know but I thought to myself you know it's gonna be great we're gonna there's all these little mini lakes and rivers and tributaries and stuff around here and we'll we'll go out and we'll just you know boat around it'll paddle around and stuff maybe get one of those little electric motors and stuff exactly. it's gonna be a hoot and I haven't inflated that boat once not uh. once not once. So it's already the you know the two best days of a boat owner's life. <laughs> like I'm already planning this thing on Facebook. I haven't even taken it out of the box.
1: You gotta productive procrastination, right? You gotta make a concerted effort to to do it. And that's we we bought an inflatable paddleboard I think two summers ago and love it. And and it's day we we're gonna use it in the city and we never just we never do we leave it at the lake and paddle around and everything. Um, but when when we were looking at this place the pictures online we came to see it the most it was late fall mid fall but the most exciting thing for me was that that back back area where you I, I visualized mm. this this non winter months sitting out there and just just sitting out just being outside like you said Yeah. and I do it now like you have to almost sound so funny but make a decision like put it in your calendar you know it's time to sit outside now Right. Um, but I do it in the mornings when I don't exercise, and then on the days I exercise, I do it in the afternoons. And it sounds so simple, but like maybe that's like my boat. You know, you gotta use it. You gotta you gotta do it. And I'm notoriously for like I don't invite people to to do stuff. Like I, I not because I don't want to, but just I don't. It's stressful. Like that anxiety of like what weekend works for you? Are you six Sundays from tomorrow? Are you like that? That doesn't work for me. So and then
0: someone inevitably decides they're going to have a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, ah. <laughs> uh, but what is this, though? Because you're a sort of a philosopher modern. Mm. We we sit around and uh, we worry about these sort of things. But there were two times in my life I recall when I didn't. One, obviously, childhood, right? It's summer. You're off school. Summers feel like a million years long. <laughs> like yes. You're not ready to do anything because yes. you don't feel like you have to do anything. But there's another time when I remember when we were living at the beach. Mm -hmm. I felt a very clear sense that I was just doing enough by just existing. It's enough, that's enough. You know, (laughs) you're doing your work and you're paying your rent, but you're, you know, you're enjoying your life and that's fine, that's enough. But for some reason here, I can't as easily get, like I actually consciously have to try Here's the analogy. It's like going to the gym. You know, you live in a place where it's easy to go outdoors. You're in shape all the time because you're outside and you're not eating much. It's easy, right? But when you live here, for some reason, like you got to go to the gym, like you got to get up and you got to schedule time and you got to put on the clothes and you got to go into the thing and you got to put on the right music and you got to, it's a whole thing just, just to stay, just to stay in shape, not to get in shape, just to stay in shape. Whereas other places, it's like you're just naturally going to stay in shape because of the nature of your environment. Mm-hmm. For some reason, in summertime, like I just can't get into that groove where it's like, I, I just, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be anywhere. I'm good. I can just sit here and just, life is long, man.
1: What's up with that? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Sounds like people <laughs> in Vancouver are good at habit stacking. Where like for me, before mm-hmm. COVID, I used to bike to work. I don't go to work anymore because mm-hmm. I work from home um where i would just stay in shape by biking up and down the big hill that downhill to work uphill from you know home from work which was perfect um i for me i was saying this to a friend the other day i used to be kind of like that where i would be very very much canadian summer guy where you know from school you're kind of taught because that's the vacation time and it's closer it gets to labor day it's ending, it's ending, it's coming, school's starting. There's a finite end to this thing, right? Yeah. But now, especially since COVID, I'm just season guy. I enjoy the seasons. Mm. And when one ends, another one begins. I know that's mm. very like, whatever, whatever. But I used to really have angst about winter coming. Don't like winter, don't like it. Lived in the tropics for years, don't like, don't like winter. But then I realized yeah. what I don't like is the stuff. It's like... Yeah going grocery shopping or getting on yep. the bus or waiting for the bus or shoveling and when covid happened and i didn't have to go outside anymore winter's beautiful winter's beautiful the activities are fun the snow is beautiful yeah you can go out whenever you want so now i'm just i'm season i'm still summer guy cuz summer is my favorite but now i'm season guy it's like alright well summer's whatever but then fall's nice the leaves change color good for hiking good for walks and then winter comes and snow is beautiful. So that's kind of my philosophy of it. It's just, I'm season guy, and But those things that I want to do don't change. I still want to read for 30 minutes a day. I still want to do some kind of exercise. It doesn't have to be extreme. could be just go for a walk, do a little bike ride, do a little this, a little that. I can do that in any season. So that's, that's how I look at it.
0: That's smart. That's smart. Because otherwise it's just,
1: it's angst. Like, oh, it's only, oh, we're into August. Oh, we're into September. Oh, when, like. But for what what if you ask yourself why do you feel anxious about that well i asked yeah. myself and there was no real reason so
0: i i hate to bang the costa rica gong so often today but <laughs> you know I, when i was an english teacher and i had to go in and out of classes two maybe three times a day Rainy season was hard, man, because it's like, you know, you got to get on the bus and stand in a puddle that's three feet deep in order to get to an office where you're going to go in line at the uh, hairdryer thing, you know, the (laughs) the hand dryer where you put your shoes under it so you're not squeaking in class. Like it was this whole thing for years of rainy season. And then when, when I started working remotely and even more started working remotely for myself, I didn't care if it was rainy season or not. I, I didn't, it didn't matter. Cause you were just smart enough to not go outside at <laughs> yeah, three right? 30 and at seven 30, it's going to be great. So I felt like the same kind of effect that you would hear in winter. Like if I, if my car is parked outside and at seven in the morning, I have to go to get it started and scrape those windshields off winter really kind of blows. And by the time I get to the office, I'm exhausted and I'm peeling off all these clothes and where's my next cup of coffee. And it's, it's pretty brutal. But here, I I just watch the snow gently fall and I comment on how it's kind of perching on the leaves or on the trees Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, we go walking. It's like, oh, it's 20 below. It's like, oh, we better bundle up. This will be a fun walk. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, this is going to be an interesting challenge. I wonder how much my beard will freeze today. So I think there's something to what you're obligated to do as part of what you're you know deciding to do
1: i think there's a lot of decision fatigue as well with canadian summer where yeah it's when everyone seems to be available seems to be want you have to do something and deciding is exhausting and i think there's a lot of anxiety that comes from not being organized so i know for me before i like my my work tasks or whatever when i feel more anxious more often than not i feel like i haven't done a proper to-do list for that day or that week mm. and i'm feeling anxious because i feel like there's more to do and then i look at the list mm. like, oh well no no it's just this thing and this thing and so when i know what i'm doing i feel okay it's manageable i can do that i right. feel like in summer there's decision fatigue because you could be doing in canadian summer you, there's any the world's your oyster right you could be going to the beach you could be doing this you could be doing that And if you feel like you're doing nothing anxiety comes oh yeah but if you
0: just i'm waste, i'm wasting summer i'm
1: wasting summer <laughs> But if you put do nothing or go out into your own yard and read for 30 minutes on the list, for me, that's like super helpful.
0: Uh, There's something in Quebec as well. There's always an asterisk in this province uh, where they have moving day Mm. on July 1st. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but for some reason, everyone's lease expires at the same time in the entire province. So everyone moves the same day. (laughs) I don't get it. I really don't. And it's right in the the middle of summer. Okay. So we, every year that we don't sign a new lease somewhere, we stay where we're going to stay is actually like half your summer is given to you because you don't have to spend your summer packing, moving and unpacking and setting up. So we're in the middle of, that's what our summer has been, is getting ready, packing, moving, and then Going to visit family and then going to Vancouver and then coming back and now it's like, okay, now we're finally home, mm-hmm. and the next thing you do is you open up that calendar and you go, oh man, just <laughs> like six more weeks of this isn't this is no good. But I'm I'm gonna try and adopt your philosophy. I'm a fall guy. I love autumn love so it. much. The crisp air. I, I'm a jacket person. I'm not a shorts person. I love the leaves. I love everything about it. You and look good Halloween. in shorts. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do work my legs. Those uh, I look hate good. leg day, but I do it. Thank you. So, But the point is now, uh, I'm going to try this out and just go, you know what? I, I love the season.
1: I think too, an add-on to that is what we talked about before, where if you live a life where you don't have the ability to, to move about and those eight weeks of summer are your only eight weeks of good weather, enjoyment, doing whatever... I can see the angst right where it's over kids are back to school well 10 more months until i can do what i want again versus okay november there's super cheap flights everywhere in november november is it sucks in canada it's like the worst weather month there is i love to go for a week or half a week or whatever sometime in november or february to break up the winter somewhere where there's good weather and if you can break up the year that way I think you don't have that. You know, Ten more months until we have good weather again, and then in Canada summer. Sometimes it just sucks. Like it is, it's just a cold summer. And then, oh well, maybe next year. I think if you if you do break it up, and you have that, as Ramit would say, that rich life or, or whatever you want that to be, uh, for us breaking it up with a couple of winter trips, it does make a big difference.
0: The Europeans have about a thousand years on us. Um, yeah. When it yeah. comes to their how they're scheduling their lives. They they take two months off, you know, at least one month where they're complete, they're actually
1: off work. You ever send an email to, to someone in Europe in July? They auto the, respond no with, yep. uh, I've gone to the woods for eight weeks. I'll get back yep. to you in September.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we have European clients and it's 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 bananas, but very smart. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, Like, I guess I could do that. I could just say, you know what? You give everyone the heads up and you put all the necessary pieces in play and you just go i'm just not around for august i'm a
1: big fan of uh what's the worst that could happen and it's never that bad it's never that bad it's never that bad yeah like what would what would what would happen like people would just say okay <laughs> like
0: what else would they say yeah, yeah there's not a lot of like oh, i'm never doing business with that person because he took a vacation <laughs> you know it's pretty ridiculous but at the same time i mean <sighs> Uh, maybe there's something to it. Maybe maybe we could just shut the whole company down for like a month. That's it, just for August. We don't we don't work now that we couldn't do that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work. But there's something to it. The Europeans know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. You could they're do something, right now, maybe. I don't know doing.
1: if you have people on different pl- parts of the world, but you could shut down one part of the world for August, and then the other people would in February they get to shut down or something. There's oh, that's an some idea. Some kind of flip. That's an idea. You know.
0: We'll, we'll play around with it.
1: We're doing a, a, a. I know we're gonna we're gonna go here, but we're doing something called a ten and ten, just to put a bow on the, uh, you know, making conscious decisions to do things.
0: What's a ten and ten?
1: A ten and ten is we're writing down ten trips we want to take for the next ten years. Oh. One trip a year, for ten okay. years. Okay. Okay. And we're compiling this list, and the oh. goal is to have it finished by the end of by the end of <laughs> end of summer by the end of August. Okay. We have a few things the list.
0: the list have the list finished Have the
1: list finished, yes, okay. and then make a like you
0: each write ten or you're writing you're mm-hmm. co-writing
1: ten. We're co-writing there are some rules to this that we've we've concocted okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna stop talking go ahead. but basically, yes, uh we're gonna co-construct the list of ten. Each of us has one that we can just decide um uh, regardless of the other's feelings towards it. We have one that we can do that's going to be on the list that you know, no veto power, basically. Mm. Uh, and the other eight, we need to agree. And basically, we're gonna we want to just attend places that we really want to go, um, and we're gonna do it in in the next decade.
0: I love this. I love this. Did you get this from somewhere else, or did you guys just kind of like?
1: No, my I, I think she just created. you came up with it, and I, and like I was this like, "This idea. is this is great." So just a concerted effort of instead of you know we should take a trip versus no no here's here's the list right, <laughs> this, and we can switch out one per year kind of thing. So you're not like you know getting married to the list per se but you can't we only change out one a year and okay. the only kind of asterisk is we're not choosing locations like i want to go to france for example we're choosing it for an activity that we would do oh in that location oh
0: like i want to go exactly in Switzerland. exactly exactly
1: so one for me is i want to see the northern lights
0: Hey, you and atti would uh, have a great time. So we're gonna. St- you would. Iceland is gonna be on the list. Nice. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. I like this a lot. Yeah. This is really. Have you guys already smacked down? Like I'm gaming this out. Here's here's our vetoes. Like are already in there? <laughs> uh,
1: no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. What I like about us together is we're pretty open and we we love love to travel and we kind of have similar similar tastes. Yeah. But. I mean obviously there's gonna be one or two that we're like, yeah, I'm not crazy about it, but I'll go. So I'm yeah. not gonna like screw the other one over. But you know, we're pretty pretty open about where we want to go. Each continent as well. Except for Antarctica. So it will be. So like like I, I wanna
0: see I wanna see the cherry blossoms in
1: Japan. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Well, I really like that a lot. Exactly.
1: Or like, I, go, I don't I know, do lie. the Pablo Escobar tour in Medellin or something.
0: It's... I like it because you're you're focusing on the experience rather than the you know, ticking it off the, putting a pin in the map. Yes.
1: Riverboat cruise Mm. in Europe, right?
0: Oh man. See, I want to go on these. You're telling me about the things that I want to (laughs) do. I heard the river cruises are great because you get to see the oldest parts of the city.
1: And as we're kind of researching, we're finding out different places. Like there's a a town in France, it's just like the Venice of France, where it's like in the mountains, but it's, it's watered. It's a watered town. Looks like Venice, not french version so it's like mm. we would never heard of that before but that looks really interesting so a, a 10 and a 10 and 10 is what we're calling it
0: i love this mm-hmm. a 10 and 10 well i i'm looking forward to seeing what your first one is if it isn't already on the on the books <laughs> yeah I, you, you know you've made me think a lot that's what these shows do so um uh, i guess i guess we're good are we gonna leave it there
1: i think so I think so. I didn't remember how we do this show, but I think this was this was all right. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hi mom. (laughs) Hello mom.